Legacy Maker, the All Sports Network. This is it. This is for all the chips. Work for championships. No, it gets no better than this. Just sit and relax a bit. We're talking the passing blitz. We're talking the jump and switch. We're talking the pitch and miss. Clean space, kick space. You come to the right place. Beat bait. I don't need to see other shows. I'm straight. Cause they're not impressing me. I tune into Legacy. Legacy. Fourth and goal and on the road. Legacy. Down three, three seconds to go. Legacy. Two outs, bases loaded. Legacy. It's not a mystery, you're tuning to Legacy. Check the flag on the final lap. Legacy. Twelfth round, who kissing the mat? Legacy. You want a legacy? You built a legacy. Broadcasting live right now, so the whole world can see. Now, the Legacy Maker Sports Podcast. Welcome, everybody. We about to get this bad boy started. Here are your hosts. Darrell Owens and Jay Quimby. What's up, everybody? What's up? What's up? What's up? Glad to have you. Episode 256 of the Legacy Maker Sports uh, Podcast. I'm your host, Darrell Lawrence. And of course, my man, the illustrious host of this show, Mr. Jeremiah Quimby. What's up there, sir? <laughs> illustrious, <laughs> illustrious, illustrious. Got, let's wow. go. Let's go with sexy words and see what happens, and then we'll go from How there. How about words you can spell? <laughs> Expel illustrious now. <laughs> what you got? What you got? Uh, uh, no volume in my mouth. Can't hear myself. I can hear you. Can't hear yourself. Okay, I don't care as long as you can hear me. I can hear you. you sound good. All right. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Glad to have you all here for another episode of the podcast. And uh, we got a pretty uh, packed show today as we have uh, Coach Rhodes, the uh, head coach of VCU men's basketball, coming on with us today. We got a lot to get into today uh, with the NBA and the NFL. And it's just, yes, even though it's been downtime, there's still been a lot uh, since we've been on um, that we can uh, get into and talk about today. So downtime, I'm depressed. I know, man. It's it's been it's been really rough. Uh, you know, we've been trying to uh, keep ourselves going. I'm over here losing my mind doing broadcasts and <laughs> doing uh, football broadcasts. I mean, I, I will give you props though. Some of your broadcasts has been really good. I mean, I critique you just because you know your partner, but yeah. You're really good 90% of the time. I would say 90% is a solid number. Uh, yeah. There's some stuff I still got to work on. That's the main reason why I was doing it because, I mean, I don't know how many times uh, Jack the Words and uh, not a fan of how Madden doesn't zoom in on the player right away for me I to try to see who the player is. he was is. a meat lover slice of pizza. Becca, <laughs> I'm a whole pizza, whole, not just a slice. Just a whole pizza. <laughs> or a Baconator yeah. with extra cheese. <laughs> All right, y'all. It's time for our first segment, our top uh, stories of the day. It's time for Legacy on Fire. Yeah. Yes, we got a couple of interesting topics uh, for the day here on Legacy on Fire. And our first topic of the day will be Kobe, KG, and Tim Duncan are heading uh, to the Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, it was announced last week that uh, Tim Duncan 
had uh, got in along with uh, Kobe, Kevin Garnett. There's a couple of others that got in. Uh, Rudy Tomjanovich, I believe, is also in that class. Oh, I forgot. He, <laughs> he, I loved him as a coach for the Rockets. Yeah, Rudy Tomjanovich. Uh, they got uh, Eddie Sutton, a four-time national coach of the year. He is going to be on there. Uh, he's getting there. Tamika Ketchens, the gold medalist, WNBA All-Star. Kim Melky. starts right in. Raiders. <laughs> Finally, they wanted something. Too bad it's a video game. Oh, don't do him like that. He's got to have some. He's got to have something during these tough times. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about this. Uh, <laughs> the Hall of Fame class uh, was announced. They made an exception and let Kobe go in this year. Uh, he technically wouldn't have been eligible till next year. But I thought it, this year it, it's, uh, it's, it's usually it's five years. years. Uh, they say five. Four. It, is it four? I, thought it was I was four. hearing that they made an exception for him that, um, to get for him to get in. I mean, I don't disagree with it. I mean, but it – Breaks my heart to a point that he's not here to see it himself. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a really tough go because, you know, what you've seen from Kobe Bryant over the years and what uh, he has done, um, you know, for just basketball in general. And we, we, you know, we had a whole show dedicated to Kobe and all the things that he's uh, Drew, done. that's why we don't pay you to think, buddy. <laughs> so, you know, we sit there thinking, you know, it's like, it's good to see him get in, and this is a really good class for him to get in with. Uh, KG, you know, former MVP, Tim Duncan, the five-time champion, Rudy Tomjanovich, who's won a couple of championships in his career, two as a head coach. I believe he won uh, one as a player. Uh, and, you know, you see this. Um, this is probably one of the best classes I've seen in a while. We've seen some decent I, ones. I, this is one of the best ones I've seen I, in a while. I really like this class. I agree with you. Uh, you know, I it's funny because before the class was announced, I was watching a thing with uh, – were KG and uh, Isaiah Ryder mm-hmm. when KG first got drafted. It was his rookie year. And they were up by, like, 25 going into the fourth quarter, and KG started talking smack to Jordan. Oh, yeah, mistake number one. And Jordan, on, Jordan dropped, like, 18 <laughs> straight points on him and kept saying, keep up, young fella, keep up. And uh, Isaiah, you know, just told him, he's like, Told Michael, he's like he 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 he's he's a rookie. He just let him go, bro. He you know he's he, a young pup. He don't know no better. <laughs> he don't know no better. So I, I mean, I, I'm excited to see this one. It's going to be a tough, tough Hall of Fame to watch, especially once they uh, induct uh, Kobe. I can only imagine how things are going to be there. Emotions are going to be running high. Hopefully, we can get to that point with all this stuff going on with uh with the virus. But it will just be a great moment uh, in basketball. And I'm glad to see Tamika Ketchens got in. I loved her as a player. Loved her as a player. I mean that that's that, that's a throwback name. Yeah, I mean Ketchens was so phenomenal in her time. You know, I just remember her in college. I mean, just lighting it up. Amazing, amazing basketball Yeah, player. that USA teams. And then uh, the biggest, I mean, she was with the Indiana uh, Fever for a long time, who I believe are no longer in the WNBA. But i got to double-check that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a good place. for more cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next topic is the, the 2000 teens. I don't know even know how to – I don't even know how you say that. Is I, I've been saying the 2010s. It, it, is it, it is, the 2010s? It's, it's 2010s. Yeah. The 2010s. It just feels weird. You know, you, 90s, the 80s, it make, it's the thousands. It weird, but it, it also means we old. Fact City. These are also true statements. Now, let's talk a little bit about this team because 
right, what I'm team? A, the all the all decade team. You didn't say that part, bro. I was getting there. <laughs> I know, but th- th- this is a, goes back to that broadcasting where you're great, but see, you're sometimes your mind I mean, is thinking, and I the am, mouth don't keep I up. I am with it. eight steps ahead sometimes when I don't need I'm to just be. Saying, look, 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 look. When I don't need to be, I'm like, huh, we go, we go right there. <laughs> let's go in and let's talk a little bit about uh, who got on this team. So I got the list here. Uh, we got Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers at the QB. Frank Gore, Marshawn Lynch, and LaShawn McCoy at running back. Uh, and Adrian Peterson. Receivers, Antonio Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones. Flex, Darren uh, Sproles, tight end. You got Kelsey and Gronkowski. Uh, I don't think we'll have any issues with the linemen here. Peter Smith, Staley, uh, Joe Thomas, uh, Jahari Evans, uh, Logan Mankin, Zach Martin, uh, uh, Marshall, um, Yonda, Yonda. Uh, Alex Mack, uh, Maurice Pouncey. I don't have any problem with any of those linemen names. On the defensive side, Calais Campbell, Cameron Jordan, uh, Julius Peppers, J.J. Watt, Geno Atkins, Flexer Cox, uh, uh, Aaron Donald, Sue, uh, Chandler Jones, Luke Keatley, uh, Khalil Mack, Von Miller, Bobby Wagner, Bobby Wagner, who's killing it in the tournament, by the way. Oh, jeez. Two, two, wait a minute, two interceptions two and, two four, and four forced fumbles. He's, oh, four. he's, kill, okay. he's killing it right now. I'm, I'm intrigued to see what he does tonight. Uh, Von Miller, Patrick Willis, uh, Patrick Peterson, Revis, uh, Sherman, Barry, Eric Berry, Earl Thomas, Eric Weddle, Chris Harris Jr., Tyron Matthew, and then on special teams, Heckler, uh, punter, Shane uh, Leckler. Heckler and, and Leckler, I go figure. Uh, uh, Gruskowski at kicker, Tucker, Hill, Sproles, Hester, and Patterson. Coaches, Bill Belichick, and Pete Carroll. <sighs> now, Jay, looking at this list, <laughs> a pretty impressive list of names. Um, what do you see on this list where you say, I don't know, or maybe you feel like somebody got left out? The, the, the first one I feel that got left out of this uh, is a guy, you know, Rick, well, I'm not even going to bring his name up. But wide receiver, mm-hmm. A.J. Green. Why is he not in there? You know, I, I know he's been hurt a couple uh, times, but A.J. Green is an elite receiver when he's on the field. True. And when he's on the field, A.J. Green is, is and phenomenal. And he's only really been, you know, majorly hurt towards that latter part of his career. See, that's what makes it hard because you look at him and you say, man, well, you know, he's he's really good here and – uh, for me, I, I I didn't have too many problems with the receivers because if you look and see who they have on this list with uh, Brown, Fitzgerald, Calvin Johnson, and Julio, I, I mean, A.J. Green might be the one that you can say, hey, maybe you should sneak him in there. Uh, but it, but it, it's – Okay, Antonio Brown was great and then went batshit crazy. That's true, but that was the last two years. Those other years – But see, those are the last two years for those, A.J. Green. Those, those are the last two years, and then you look at – the, the, the years that he led the league, because there was a span where he was, you know, he had the most touchdowns in the league as a receiver, and he led the league in receiving uh, receptions during that time. So I, even though he's been bad, crazy, I would still I, I would still keep him in there. The problem that most people are having with this list is the man that's Aaron. in this picture right here, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that most people say that they feel like this could be Drew Brees. Not most, but it's a combo package. It's uh, like I some mean, people say Aaron, some people say Drew. I'm personally going to say Aaron 
because he won two MVPs in that time frame. Understandable, but how many 5,000-yard seasons did he have? That's where, that's where it gets a little bit sticky because then you look at the 5,000 seasons that Drew has thrown thrown in there. Uh, he's been the offensive player, I believe, twice mm -hmm. during that time and frame. And one of those MVPs, we could easily argue – that Drew Brees could have got yes. in there. There was one that I think Watt, they say, Watt, do you feel like J.J. Watt could have got that MVP that year? So it, it, it's tough. I see them, we, why they lent, lean towards Aaron Rodgers because of the mm -hmm. two MVPs. I mean, you know, uh, but I could also see if they went with Drew Brees and not went with Aaron Rodgers, I would have been completely okay with it. I really would have because, you know, Drew Brees now won his Super Bowl prior to this decade that just passed. And Aaron did win his at the very beginning of the decade. So mm -hmm. you got to cancel that out, in my opinion. But then you look at statistics, I believe Drew Brees had more touchdowns. Aaron had less interceptions. Okay. And so it's just. Then, uh, okay, Chris Harris Jr. is in there. He's been good for, we'll say, the last five years. Right. Why not a keep Tlaib? And, and that's that's a good point because Tlaib was a stud for a nice chunk of, of this decade. And I can see Tlaib being in there, and I wouldn't have had no problem with it. Right. Chris Harris, I think, may have got in because of how strong he was the last couple of years. So I'll agree with you on that. I think it's just he got they saw the last couple of years of work, and they said, man, this guy has been pretty special these last couple of years. Okay, then how about why, why not a Jordy Nelson in there too? You know, I – You know, because jo Jordy oh, – or okay, fine, we won't go there. Well, let's go Wes Welker. Now, Wes Walker could be a, a, a very tough argument. I would even say Edelman. Edelman's a guy you people are probably laughing, but, you know, look at what Edelman's done over the time frame. He's got three Super Bowl wins. He was the main target for Tom Brady. So, I mean, and that doesn't automatically put you on the on-decade team, but he is as as you know, more reliable as many people. Center, I, I agree with Alex Mack. Alex Mack, you know, was uh, a changer when he left the Browns and went to the Falcons. Right. You know, solidified that line the best he could. Pouncey, though, uh, I'm going to disagree with because uh, I really think Max Unger should have been there. You know, um, I, I could, I could definitely, I'm good with Max Unger. If you, if Max Unger would have got in there, I'm cool with that. I think Pouncey was going to get in because I think Pouncey's made the Pro Bowl every year he's been in the league. But I think if you look at the way that that line or just the way Seattle's offense completely changed. When they brought in Max Unger, mm -hmm. and then he retires, look what it did to the line down there in uh, New That's Orleans. That's true. You know, and they go, they uh, what? They use a first round pick on Bradbury, or whatever his name I is. I believe so. I, I I can't remember his name, but the dude from uh, Texas A and M, <sighs> or yeah, it was Texas A and M. Yeah, Texas A and M. So I mean, it's one of those things, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, the only – and I don't even want to say this is an issue, but I can see if people were arguing this because a lot of people, he gets low-key disrespected, and but they don't look at the longevity. You see Frank Gore name on this list, and people are like, wait a minute, there's some other running backs that probably could have popped on there, but I really don't mind Frank Gore being on this list. I, I mean, I, 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 I don't, don't mind it either. I mean, the only one that I could see possibly, you know, not being on the list. Right. LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, McCoy, very steady years in uh, in Philly and, you know, with the Bills and, you know, of course, getting his ring with Kansas City. But I just – the why, injuries, uh, like uh, the injuries would be one of the devil's things. Devil's advocate, would, let's flip it around. Why yeah. not Why not Le'Veon Bell? And, and see, that's 
that's where it gets, you know, you know? Say, that's where it gets cloudy. It's tough to pick these teams. Odom says, why uh, why not Keenan Allen? Keenan Allen's had a, had a good run yeah. um, while he's been in uh, over there in uh, San Diego slash L.A. Um, I don't know, man. It's tough. But, I mean, receiver-wise, I feel good. I can feel good at receiver. Running back, I have a smidge issue. Maybe, you know, like you said, with McCoy. Quarterback, I can see them arguing between Rodgers and Breeze. Uh, what about the defensive side of the ball before we move well, on? I'm looking. Kalilis Campbell, I mean, the one year I felt he should have got the MVP. Hands down. He was dominant. Was that two years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was dominant two years ago. Uh, I mean, special. Cameron Jordan has been elite. Julius Peppers, why? I, I, I don't have any arguments at that at all. Tackles, I mean, Sue's been up and down. I mean, I know he's on my team now, but, you know, he, he kind of faded out. You know, besides his rookie year, has he surpassed – 10 sacks in a season. He had nine and a half last year. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, he was – he's been so – he's been good for – he's been really solid for so long. I'll put it that right. way. I don't know he's been elite at times, but it's because he's been – it's kind of like Gore's situation. He's been so good for so long, you kind of be like, oh, okay, all right, yeah. cool. Well, and Chandler Jones is so underrated. Right. He don't get enough love being out there and uh, – yeah. Arizona, you know, I, you know, he was he was a patriot at first. Correct? He was a patriot. He was a patriot at first. at first, and yeah, and he's been a stud out there in Arizona oh, for a yeah. minute. But Arizona hasn't been as successful. Calais Campbell was in Arizona. Oh yeah. And so I mean, they've had some studs out there. I mean, if you look at it, there's a couple of guys who play with Arizona. Uh, Tyron Matthew was on with Arizona, I believe. Uh, and then you had those two. So, I mean, they've had a couple guys that were on that Arizona squad. Patrick Peterson's still there. Patrick Peterson's still there. So, I mean, they, they've been pretty solid for a while now. now. You look at a lot of these players, though, uh, a lot of them are uh, were rookies yeah. in 2010. That's true. I, and that, right at the beginning <laughs> of the decade, yep. right? So, I mean, to, to uh, uh, 10 years of football – been consistent the whole uh, time. Dan Tucker says Antonio Gates. That's that's a solid one. Yeah, I can see Antonio Gates um sneaking in there. I, I wouldn't be upset about it. His last couple of years were a little rough, but I could definitely see it, and I wouldn't be mad about it. Yeah, wouldn't I mean, but it. you look at the two that are on here. Besides those two, I mm -hmm. mean, George Kittle just broke into his own this season. Right. So it, it maybe next decade for yeah. Kittle, but you know, we'll see. But then you could flip around and look at a guy that. You know, played like five years in, uh, in this decade, like, um, oh, shit, I can't even, Todd Heap or somebody yeah, like that. Yeah. Somebody, uh, Heath Miller, guys like that. I don't know about Heath Miller, but he yeah. was a consistent guy during the he time. He was very consistent. But Yeah, yeah I mean, we'll okay, see. Next. Now, next topic before we hit on, because we got Coach Rhodes coming on soon, uh, golf canceling big-time majors. The Masters that I heard made not happen until November, and the Open Championship canceled. Thoughts on that? Welcome to Corona. <laughs> it mean, is not just a drink anymore, ladies and gentlemen. It is not just a drink anymore. I, the, the messed up part, it wasn't that great of a drink to begin with. Facts. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to let my uh, feelings flow on that one. But they're, they're, right. I mean, the the safety of it. I mean, if, if you were to get the golfers out there and just play, mm -hmm. okay, I can see that. But yeah, because no there's, there's so much space in between, yeah, you know. But there's no way that you're going to be able to keep uh, the fans away and the money that they're losing on tickets and stuff, I mean, it, the NBA, I understand because everybody's so close quarter. You right. Got so many, you know, 10 people. I mean, and we blame Rudy Gobert. 
Is that? <laughs> it ain't all his fault, but it's. I mean, but yeah, he, he started. He did some That's pretty foolish. He did some pretty foolish stuff. Made himself look. Bad. I mean, from an owner's <laughs> point of view, you can't have a season without having the fans, because then you are just paying players, to and just you're play. not making any money. Right now, contract wise with his TVs, I don't know how that works out and everything, but. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be tough right now to lose those two majors. And then, like I said, there's no sports going on right now. So it's well, been really rough all I, around. Baseball, uh, I think they were opening day was supposed to happen. But they're having contract talks where they're going to start paying. Their, they've been pay, paying their players, but they're going to start paying them only half. Yeah, see, it gets a little tough. And then I saw an article where they said CJ McCullum was saying that only like – some of the league are living paycheck to paycheck. But what are you doing if you you're making some pretty good money to be living paycheck to paycheck? What is what's what are you doing? Like that just means you need to reevaluate <laughs> and start living like us folks. Yeah, man. I mean, you gotta you gotta make that happen because that's that's a little rough. That's that's a little rough on my opinion. I, I personally can't see why uh, you. I just personally can't see why that would be that way. I mean, but you know, people get that money and they get excited. You know. Well, yeah, you got your. Ten thousand dollar a month house payment. <laughs> I, I'm not making it up. No, though. you're not. I mean, I, I mean, it, you being you professional, you had a point where yeah. you were making the commercials and the money was flowing in, everything was good, and then that stops. You got to reevaluate. It's, it's tough. I mean, I, I, as a person who's been in there and been in the shoes of having that much money, and then you know, all of a sudden, it's gone. Um, well, I wouldn't say all of a sudden, but it was pretty quick. <laughs> and when it goes, it goes. I mean, there's nothing you really can do but try to, you know, manage it the best way you can. Um, you know, the one th positive I could always take out of my situation is that at least I use my money for house. You know, buy, brought a, you know, brought a house, put put a nice down payment on that. You know, got some, you know, got a car too. Did a couple selfish things, but you know, I felt good about car it. Car too, bro. I had to, I had to, I had Since to, I've known you, how many cars you went through? Three, attracted four. I don't know. <laughs> it, it wasn't crazy bad. About, anyway, it wasn't about crazy bad. Seven. No, seven's such a strong number. It's an honest number, bro. It's probably about Anyways, photo. Thirty <laughs> for thirty. Broke was a good take on that topic. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's the one with like. Um, oh, I remember that because I watched that thirty for thirty. It was like Antoine Walker and all Alan of them. Iverson. Yeah, yeah. And they talked about like how they lost so much money uh, and, and so much time. And but it was, they also, being athletes that are paid like that, they got so many people mm -hmm. that all of a sudden your 17th cousin's coming out of the woodwork not, looking for not some the, money. Not the 17th you cousin, know? though. <laughs> but I, am I wrong? No, no, you're right. I mean, because it does happen all, a lot. All your friends that you let borrow a pencil, or they borrowed a pencil, Facts. and they want like $10,000 <laughs> or some shit. Not the pencil. <laughs> not <laughs> the pencil. Don't take the pencil. Like, These pencils are really nice. I think you I think you can uh, you can take this pencil and run with it. But <laughs> anywho, now we're going to go ahead and head to our uh, next segment, Digging Deep. All right, y'all, Digging Deep about to come up. Ooh. So what we're going to start here, uh, we're going to do um, uh, one of our new segments here on uh, the podcast and until uh, we get coaching. <laughs> I enjoy that. You just do I enjoy that too much? A bit. 
I probably enjoy that too You're much. You're the only person on the planet I know that enjoys <laughs> hearing your own voice. I'm, you know, you, you hear yourself enough, and then you'll be like, oh, okay, that may be all right. <laughs> all right, so let's start off with who you're choosing. Uh, if Coach Rhodes gets in while we're doing that, then we'll bring Coach Rhodes in. But for now, let's go ahead and rock out who you're choosing. So our first who you're choosing of the day. Who are you choosing? Carl Malone or Timothy Duncan? Now, um, if we're taking basketball player, I mean, you know what? I'm just going to go Tim Duncan. I, I, Carl Malone was a great basketball player, but he's he was horrible, horrible, horrible human being. You already know how I feel about this. I know. You, so, already, you already know how I feel about this. First of all, the way I feel about Carl Malone makes me hurt inside my heart. Um, the things he did to his kids, just, you know, and maybe I should look past that. Like people say, you got to look past Michael Vick and the dogs, or you got to look past this, this, and that. This one's hard to look past as a parent. Uh, I, I see exactly. him and I get upset. You know, you know I, I, I'm once again, as a parent, he got how many – 17? I, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's up there. Uh, and then, 17. you know, he, he had a son that was like, he played in the NFL. He had Bell. a son in the NFL and a daughter, daughter. in the WNBA. And I mean, you're talking about his talent as a family. Neither one of them wanted anything to do with him. That, right. And so how bad does things have to be as a father that you, that, you know, you putting yourself in that position? I, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand it. Uh, personally, you know, it is what it is. But it's hard to go against Tim Duncan. And those five NBA championships, and you know, just like well, un- Malone at the end of his career went to the Lakers, but almost twenty plus years uh, with that uh, with that organization, and you know, what do you do with that? But my thing, I, I Tim, yeah, every time he got that ball in the post, he was for me one of the last few of the true post-up centers left in the league and god he had one of the most beautiful bank shots ever i mean you know they call him the big fundamental for a reason i mean and you know you watched him play and was it pretty was it stylish was it all in all it, it sometimes it it was just downright fundamental basketball it they was, called him a big fundamental for a reason no it was better to watch him do uh you know bank it off a of backboard than watch Shaq do it because Great. there was grace when he did it he played yeah, it was just so uh, – it was beautiful. Yeah, watching it was just like – it was a different thing. You know, you – it was like, it was almost like an art form because you oh, watched him yeah. and you saw him do his thing, and I'm like, man, this is special. And there were so many people. I think the only person that actually was able to, you know, give him problems right. was Akeem early in his career. Akeem, Akeem was a huge problem. Um, for everybody. And, <laughs> and, and I, I will say, like, it, for me, it was it was just watching the dream work that made him special. And Shaq said it himself. Shaq said the toughest person um, that he went up against or he had any uh, anything, you know, that he had problems with was Akeem. Like, you know, he said Akeem worked him so bad in that final. Like that year they were that uh, – was it the 90 – I think it was the 95 final. He said he got worked so bad he didn't know what to do. Uh, I mean, so what do you do when you're getting shut down, you know, about – you know, and that's tough for me. Is always well, between. Them. If you're Chris Johnson, you hire a contract killer. See, <laughs> see, and that's I and Jay, what Jay's talking about is early today they had uh, brought something out where they were talking about uh, Chris Johnson. You know, he got shot in the drive-by, mm-hmm. and then lost you a know, friend, which is tragic, very tragic, very tragic. And now murder for hire must be a popular thing. 
because you know ever since uh exotic joe came out and his whole thing with carol baskin she oh, did it God. i'm just saying and ever since that came out all of a sudden murder for hire is a popular thing now he did do this a couple years ago but it was just like man can you believe you know everything that went down with that it's crazy i mean the fact that he is you know help connect him with drug runners and stuff like that right you know, I, it's just crazy, and you just wonder. I, I, revenge for a friend, I could, you know, mm-hmm. okay, there's a certain point where you just got to step back and reevaluate it. Yeah. Like, if something happened to you, yes, I would, but no. If I somebody going to prison, if I'm going to end up going to prison for something, I'm going to make sure I do it by my own hand, you know? Right, right, right. <laughs> and that's the thing. If, I, if I'm going in, you, I'm going to make sure that I'm going in for a, a, a good reason. You know, I mean, you're going you gonna, to. I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble. If I'm going to get 25 years, I'm getting there for a good reason. That's right. just in the discussion. All right. Next one. Who are you choosing? <laughs> We're going to hit the baseball world on this one. You got Derek Jeter, the just Je- Eric Jeter, Mr. Everything, and against uh, the Iron Man himself, Cal Ripken. Um, now, me and Jay had a little bit of uh, talk about this beforehand. Um, but, Jay, I mean, how do you see this one playing out in your mind? Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm on. Yeah, I hate the Yankees. Hands down, hate the Yankees. Mm-hmm. But I respect Derek Jeter. Right. And, you know, that's one thing for me is, uh, you know, I, I love watching athletes play. But I also am, dig deeper and respect them as humans. Right, And right. Derek Jeter was a he the captain. He was the man. He didn't only, you know, talk to talk. He walked the walk on the field and off the field. See, and that, and see, this is what makes it tough because, you know, I think you're getting two guys that you know solidified the position. You know, I mean, obviously Kyle because of what he did with the streak and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But then you look at Derek Jeter and what he did for the Yankees and and being you know pretty much being Mister Yankee. I mean, you know, he what he did for you know to resurgence of the Yankees. You know, it's just it's special, and so. I look at those things and I say to myself, like, "Wow, how good has Derek Jeter been during that time?" Well, guess what? He's been he's been really good during that time. For me, uh, and I'm not, even though I, I like Kyle Ripken, you know, think he's special. Um, it's really hard for me to to go against uh, Derek Jeter on this one. Right. It really is. I, uh, it's, he's just special. Ryan says he'll take. Uh, he goes in and breaks down all their stats, and. Uh, Basically says, you know, Jeter at shortstop, Jeter does everything good, uh, but he'll take Cal at third base. And, you know, for me, I, I've, I've heard stories, us being this close to Baltimore, I know right. people that have ran into Cal Ripken. He don't, he won't even take a picture with people. He won't sign autographs Man, for Man, that's rough. And, uh, I mean, playing that long, you represent one of the, probably the one streak in Major League Baseball that will never be broken hands down and you're gonna be an ass no i'm not no, good man. with that you bro. got you got it's, it's got to be better than that and and i guess i haven't ran into him or met him but uh for me i think i still picked Derek. i mean who wouldn't want to hang out with Derek jeter in the town i mean <laughs> I, I still remember watching his last game him in the, the home run and you get goosebumps on things you cannot write a better story right right i mean you can't i mean and just how special he was for how long he was special I mean, what can you do about that? All right, next one. Who are you choosing? 
Another one we talked had a little bit of debate. Now this is the you know top two rushes of all time. This is like comparing your mama's homemade mashed potatoes Sheesh. to Insta Spuds. <laughs> I mean, wait. <laughs> I, I'm being I'm I'm being a hundred percent. Bro, that's funny. <laughs> because I mean, Walter Payton's sweetness. If uh, to make this uh, more closer debate, it should have been Barry Sanders. Nothing against Emmett. Yeah. But. Running style, what he meant to the game, what he did, sweetness, hands down. It's why it's called the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. This is true. Um, I mean, I just feel like sometimes, and even me, I, I catch myself doing it. How can you – it's like, you know how some people get records and they get overlooked? You know what I'm saying? Like they get records and they get overlooked. Mm-hmm. I feel like even with the championships, you know, the three Super Bowl rings, all that stuff, how – it just feels like Emmitt Smith is overlooked. Like, I feel like people look at Emmitt Smith and say, oh, well, you know, he's good. but It's not really a fact of overlooked. I mean, I understand exactly what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But when you are a featured back during an era where it's ground and pound mm-hmm. and you play for, what, 17 seasons? Yeah. If you don't have the rushing record, you suck. I, I And that, see, that's the thing. I, I look at that. Then I also look at. Uh, another person that kind of remind me of that is like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Now, I know we've been talking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Hold on. I think we might have a coach here. Let's see. Hold on one second. Hello, Coach Rhodes? Yes. Hey, how you doing today, Coach Rhodes? How's okay. everything going? Good. Sorry I was late there. On the phone with one of my players. No, no, that is fine, Coach. We truly appreciate you uh, being on. How's, oh, every- how's everything going? It's going, right? It's going, just like everybody else. Uh, you know, just trying to stay safe and healthy and follow the rules. And um, we are isolated like everybody else. And uh, we have three kids doing online classes. We have a coach on his computer and talking to the guys all the time. And you just, you know how it is. You're just trying to figure it out. So, so what, what, is there anything special that the family has done uh, besides doing homework and stuff uh, to pass the time during the quarantine, sir? You know what? The one side of it, the positive for us, if there is any in, in, in this crazy stuff, is I've, my wife said, you've never been home this many nights in a row. Because, I've, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, ro- you're on the road recruiting or, or late practices. You're the office late. We've had dinner every night. We've had a sit-down dinner every night. And for me, it's been it's been pretty cool. It's been awesome. And, uh, you know, I, we've uh, my three kids and I, we work out every day and we got to we've been working out and, and hanging out. And uh, I finally realized what Netflix is all about. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know shit about that. So excuse me. No, it's all so, good, Coach. No. Yeah, if you ever watch our show, if you ever get a chance to watch our show, uh, we, we we hang loose a little bit on here. So it's all yeah, right, man. I, I I never I never knew what I I didn't know it was that cool. You know, I'd always say, oh, here they go, they're on Netflix again, talking about the players or my son, and and my wife and I have uh, uh, have have watched some of the the shows. Right. It's been pretty cool. It's been pretty cool. You, you got to ask Coach Rhodes. I know it's on your mind. Ask him if he's watched it. So all right, Coach, if that's the case, we got to know. Have you had a chance to watch Tiger King? And watched the whole, we watched every episode, my wife and I. <laughs> All right, so you got to answer. <laughs> Carol did it, right, and Coach? Then, <laughs> and then after I watched that, we looked at each other after we binge watched and said, why did we watch that? You know, like everybody else in the world. So, well, yeah, you, it's, 
it, don't feel bad though, Coach, because I've I've watched it twice because I had to get more understanding. Now, now I gotta say, Coach, I made it about twenty minutes into it, and I was like, "There's no way this is real. I can't do it." <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. You know, Joe, Joey Rodriguez always tells me, Coach, you gotta watch this, you gotta watch that. He'll send me any clips of stuff, but like TV shows and all that, he'll always tell me stuff. And most of the times, because it's during the season, or you're on, I don't. I don't follow his advice. He told me <laughs> Joey Rodriguez was the one that said, you got to watch Tiger King. And we watched it. And man, the whole time I'm just scratching my head going, what is going on? But uh, I think everybody, because it's the title of it, everybody thinks it's going to be so much about this, the tigers and these unbelievable animals. And you're just locked in the sea and these animals. And, and then you're watching you're like, why did I just waste that time? So you don't get it. As I tell my staff, we don't get it back, guys. We don't get it back. The one it. we're watching now, uh, Jody and I are watching Ozark. Ah, Ozark. That's a good man, one. Man, it's really good. Yes, it's I've really, seen it's that really one. good. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 learning some things here. So you 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 said something uh, you know being home all the time and you're normally out recruiting. How is the quarantine kind of affecting? the recruiting trail right now for you well everything is phone calls text messages and then when you do get into presentations there's no on campus or in their homes or in their schools so it's a zoom conference or a, a group chat and with families and coaches and trying to show off your school and present your school and your program as best you can and you know in those terms but um you know for me and for our staff, um, we want to build a relationship any way we can. So that doesn't change that part of it. I don't care if it's text messaging, over the phone, FaceTiming. It's all about building relationships and building a level of trust and excitement about your program. And it takes time to do that. And then anytime you can show off your school and with videos or a presentation or, or – um, showing off your staff uh, the other day we had a mom and a, a recruit and we got on zoom and it was just our staff it was very informal but they could see faces and and put what i've talked about our program and our staff how i talked about it now they could put faces to that so there's just a lot of different ways to do it that way but it's so different because you're not in schools you're not chasing them around the country in au uh or uh you can't have them on campus, but you gotta you gotta do the best you can. Now I have a uh, I got a couple fan questions in here, but I'm gonna sprinkle them in as we go. I got one here uh, from Judy Sneed, and she has this question. She said, "You know, um, you know, how have the players been coping with the cancellation of the A10 tournament and the closure of the campus? I know, you know, you guys were set to take the y'all were set to get on the floor against um, UMass because I was, you know, myself sitting there watching it. Um, yeah, yeah. We, we were about we had someone going up there to uh, to, to to cover it." And we end up not um, – as soon as I think I was uh, doing something, I got the notification. I'm like, man, right before the game started. So how are the players coping with that? How did you cope with that? I know that's a little bit tough. 20, 20 seconds left on the uh, warm-up clock. The players, you know, coming over to say good luck to we – do, we do our handshakes and our hugs and getting ready for the introductions. And, bam, it's canceled. It's over. Man. And, and you know, our guys did a great job in the moment there of – thanking our 150 fans that were in there and our band and our cheerleaders and our dancers. 
and you know the band was awesome i don't know if you saw some of those clips but they were playing some some of our favorite vcu songs and our players you know were singing with them and you know we showed a showed a level of appreciation for them and it was really that was cool but once you got in the locker room and having five seniors and realizing that it's over that's it that uh it was surreal is the word i used that we had a lot of not many dry eyes, I should say that, and it was over, and you put all the blood, sweat, and tears into it, and it's gone. And then what I told the guys, and, and I really believe this, that there's, sometimes you go through things in life that are just not fair, and you don't understand, and you probably never will, but I think as you get older, you realize that the safety, the health, and the well, well-being of people around you are the most important thing, and the, the leaders in the NCA as well as the A-10, they had to make a tough decision, but it was the right decision. As we see it now, how many weeks later, man, it was definitely the right decision. Oh. And I'm glad, I'm glad we weren't in, we weren't in New York city any longer than we were. And, and I really appreciate, you know, making some, some leaders making some tough decisions. I think in, our guys understand that now and, and they'll understand it even more as they get older, that you got to make tough decisions like that, but that's part of being leaders. Uh, it, it was just surreal. Now, when we got back, a couple guys went home with their parents from New York City, from Brooklyn. And then when we got off, um, our, we were on spring break, so guys were going to go home. Some guys were going to go home, some stayed. And then when all the, then, you know, they, everybody went home, I said, be back by Thursday so we can, you know, get the weekend in of academics and get ready for it. Then it got extended. And I said, stay home. We'll come back the following week. And then we are where we are. So, there wasn't a, a, a lot of closure for our seniors, I think, because all this happened so quick and we've been away from each other. Uh, but I think the understanding that we had to do this for, for the health of everybody, uh, it, it just is what it is. There's no, there's no, um, there's no rule book on this. And I, as I tell our guys, it's just figure it out, keep moving, keep doing the right thing. And uh, disappointing in the ending, uh, we all wanted to play in the A-10, but we had to do what we had to do, and the leaders did the right thing. Now, um, let me ask you this, Coach. Um, the A-10 has gotten a lot of popularity uh, this year because of, of two uh, – I don't want to say two, but a team in general in Dayton. And Dayton, uh, you know, with Obi Toppin winning um, Player of the Year and Coach Grant, uh, you know, winning Coach uh, – I believe won Coach of the Year, if I'm not mistaken. Right, um, what have What have the, you know, the Dayton program and just, you know – the performance of Dayton this year, if you don't mind asking, answering this Atlantic Twin question, uh, what did have them to, for the conference? Because A-10 has always been a good conference, uh, but, I, but to have a team uh, the way uh, Dayton played this year, uh, how has that boosted the confidence and how has that uh, made you want to step, you know, levels up this year? Yeah, well, first of all, the A-10's always been really, really good on a national level. And the Power Five, schools many of them don't want to play a10 schools for many reasons not just the top teams but all the teams in the a10 so the a10s had a great reputation in college basketball uh, for a long long time and then then there's a couple of years you have you have some a10 teams that have a special year and a couple of years ago it was date uh, it was davidson you know of course and and then it was in uh, uh, Dayton getting to the lead eight, of course, you know, we were in the CA, but VCU getting to the final four, you know, in 2011. Dayton, this was the year that Dayton had an unbelievable year. What a run they had, a run through our A-10 conference. And 
having a national player of the year and a national coach of the year just tells you how strong of a conference we were. And, you know, I don't know what they were last year. I don't think they finished in the top four, but then a year later, you know, they, they have this unbelievable run. It just tells you that, you know, you stick to your guns and you keep recruiting the right way and you try to build a program based on a lot, you know, your foundation and you can turn it quick. And, and Coach Grant and, and Dayton did that and they had a phenomenal year that represented our league in, in such a high fashion. So that, you know, might open more doors for recruiting, and correct? Oh, without a doubt. Uh, because of... If, if coaches, high school coaches, grassroots coaches and, and players and their parents say, well, well, you know, we can't we can't get to where we want to go in the A-10. And then you could say, well, how about Obi Toppin, who was a player that sat out? Or how about a, a Troy Daniels, who um, sat two years at VCU and then his last two years played so well. And he just finished, you know, he's in his fifth year in the in the NBA and um you know, uh, Dayton got ranked as high as fourth in the country. Don't, you know, don't, don't say you can't reach your goals as a team on a team or as an individual in the eight, you can't do it in the eight ten because you really can. And we have great examples of that. Uh, every year we do, uh, individual players and some great teams. So, um, th- you know, that, that to me is, uh, finding the right place for you and a great fit, but it's great for recruiting. And for example, for us is, you know, we have the, the incoming class, the top incoming class in the A-10, and, and we beat Power 5 schools out for a lot of the players that sign with us. And what's what's great about that is those guys that are coming to VCU, they want to play the Power 5 schools, and they're proud to be in the A-10 and proud to be at VCU, coming to VCU. So, you know, that, that you just got to continue to build on that, and teams like Dayton and like ourselves last year have success, get in the tournament, and whatever could happen, you just build it and build it. Now, Coach, we got a couple more questions for you. We ain't gonna hold you sure. on because we know you got to get back to your family, and we truly appreciate you coming on. Um, no you problem. know, uh, now the team itself, you know, went in. The team uh, was sixteen and six heading into February, and obviously, you probably answered this way more times than you probably want to answer. Uh, but how was it, you know, during that time frame as a coach, uh, trying to keep the morale up of the team when you guys were going through that struggle uh, between uh, February to the end of March? Yeah, no, it was it was hard. I mean, uh, as I've said it publicly before, um, in my 24 years coaching, I've never had a more bizarre season than I just went through this year here at VCU. And I'm not saying it in a negative way and pointing fingers because it's always on us. It's always on me as the head coach. I just, we just went and, and I experienced for the first time in 24 years just the rash of injuries and illnesses that that kept changing lineups. We missed, we had players that we needed that missed a lot of uh, games. We had a lot of players miss court time, practice time, lots of reps. Now the, the one side of that is we had to throw a lot of young guys in freshmen and sophomores, and even some juniors that had to now play in different, in a different position or played more minutes. Um, we had to throw them in the fire quickly and, and, uh, for long stretches in a game and against the you know the best t- competition and we always schedule and, and a, a great a10 schedule late in the year and it's just how it goes and we could just never get our footing because there was always something else and we just sort of kept getting in our own way with injuries and some things that didn't go our way and we missed a lot of guys that we really counted on the year before we missed leadership 
and we could never get right. We got close, we hung in there, but we never could get right to get over the hump. And, you know, we had that stretch where we lost five in, in a row. And as much as the wheels fell off, we had a lot, a lot of young guys played valuable minutes. Now, using that into the future is going to be valuable. But I think the way we kept morale was I think the guys really liked each other. They hung in there with each other. Um, they did get down without a doubt. Heck, the coaching staff gets down when, when you have a tough stretches. But I, I, I liked how our, our morale stayed high because the guys cared for each other. They weren't complaining. They weren't pointing the fingers. They just kept find, trying to find a way how can we win the next, next game. And it took a while. I thought we had a great vibe going in the 8-10 tournament. Marcus Evans was at the healthiest that he was since early in the season. Even though we were missing DJ and Corey, uh, and Vince, I thought we just had some younger guys with a little more experience going into the, into the A-10 tournament, and we had Marcus back, which I think, you know, we had a little bit better vibe going into that, but, of course, that was cut short. I'm telling you, it was as bizarre season as I've ever been through, and <laughs> I, hope we ne- I hope we never go through it again, but, you know, there's a lot of valuable lessons through it that you don't take it for granted. I think we were 17-6 and six, sitting there. Everybody in the country is talking about VCU and our seating, right? And then the wheel, the wheels fell off, and now you know we really, uh, we really tried to get our footing back, and we just never can get a hold of it. I just talk, chalk it up to 2020, coach. Is what I'm calling it. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I hear you. 20, yeah, it's almost like somebody said 2020, and I said 2020 Mad Dog. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It messed yeah. everything up. Right, oh, everything right. Up. That just made me feel like I was back in high school, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I got uh, just uh, – what type of conversation did you have with Silva about him kind of looking at going pro? Well, you know, he, he, he discussed it uh, that a lot of people have done. You know, one thing about Marcus, I, I think he's a very intelligent young man. He has, um, he really listens. So he wasn't doing this, um, you know, just just to do it. He was, he wanted to get feedback. So, you know, we we when you put your name in, then you ask for NBA feedback, and it, it, they don't give you a lot of information. The more information you get as a, as a coaching staff, we would call NBA scouts and NBA executives and try to get feedback, more feedback more information that way where they really break your game down. But the feedback we got from the NBA, you know, allows you to make a decision, all that. And and it doesn't hurt when you declare for the draft to get feedback. You don't lose your eligibility. You lose your eligibility. When you get an you, agent. You hire an agent. Yeah. Correct. And um, so Marcus wasn't going to hire an agent. He's not interested in hiring an agent, but he wanted feedback. Oh, and okay. so that's, this is the process that he did. And I think it was very intelligent. Um, and, you know, we're working to get him feedback and, you know, he and his dad, you know, they're about the right stuff. And the one thing about Marcus, Marcus is still down here in Richmond and, you know, he doesn't have a gym right now, but he's working out like crazy on his body and his conditioning and it's pretty impressive and he's doing great in school and, and he's, uh, he's just approaching it. Like it's another thing I want to add. So I have info to get better. And he's done a great job of that. And, you know, look, if I'm, I'll am i be the biggest fan of any of our guys that have a chance to be drafted and get guaranteed money and have a chance to be a professional. Um, I get that. I understand that. And I, I think, uh, 
at least going through the process. You see a lot of people in college basketball doing it. A lot of players are doing it. And uh, Marcus had a, you know, he had a purpose of doing it because he wanted to get back information. And I think it's wise. Now, no, that, I, well, no, I, I think that's awesome because that helps, uh, well, myself and I, probably a lot of our fans understand because I know I was reading a lot of the feeds where people were like, as soon as they thought, oh, there goes our, you know, best scorer, best rebounder. What are we going to do next year? And, you know, it, it makes sense now to me. So thank you. Yeah, Coach. yeah. And well, like some kids will leave. Uh, you know, we don't, if if Marcus doesn't get drafted, we don't want him to leave. And, and we all, and, 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 but he wants to play college basketball and have a great year too. But I think getting that information, I think part of it is media and social media. When you see that, you think of, you think of a negative. Um, Marcus has used this as a complete positive to get more information back, and I think it's a very wise move. Right, because they just t- basically tell him what he needs to work on in his game, and it could give him a chance to, you know, continue to progress as a great player. Exactly. Correct. Correct. Now, Coach, uh, the last two here, uh, you know, we sure. found out the tough uh, news about uh, – uh, Justin Tillman's uh, father uh, passing away. Did you get an opportunity to to speak with Justin and and, and, and with his family or uh, to check on him? How uh, while this uh, tough time is going on with him? Yes, yes, I have. I, I've been in contact with him every day. I've talked to him a bunch. Um, when he got back uh, from Israel, his parents were both uh, already in the hospital on ventilators. So. Um, it sounds like his mom his mom is having good days and tougher days uh so you know we're praying that to hope she gets through that um and justin's i got a i got a text from justin in the middle of the night uh saturday morning that his father passed and i spoke with him right away and his his uncle darren and you know it's tough and as we all know that you know we've all been through this part of life that you have to deal with it it's not fair that a 20 what 25 year old son is at his house by himself while his parents are in the hospital and he can't go and say goodbye or be there and hold their hands and it, it's tough it's it's it stinks but justin knows we're all there for him you know our our, our basketball family our, our ram nation family is there and, and we're praying for him and praying for his mother and and you know praying for peace for his father to to move on and you know the, the toughest thing about all this is you know you want to help as much as you can and when you know in this circumstance you, you can only help by you know reaching out to him and saying i wish i could fly to detroit and be with him and help him and i know johnny and michael gilmore his his boys and his teammates would do the same but we can't uh so we just got to do the right thing i told justin the same every every day you gotta you gotta get up to honor your dad and, and be there for your mom by by doing things the right way and and following following the rules and following the plan and we're there for him. We're, we're gonna we're gonna help him through this. Yeah, well, you definitely give him um, our um, condolences Thank here you. in the Legacy Maker Sports. So we truly, we truly are praying for him. And um, you know, Absolutely. the VCU family has been huge for us as well. And you know, just let him know that we are truly, truly are praying for him and his family. Because uh, we're gonna try to we end should. this one on a positive note. Um, Absolutely. So they have destroyed your floor. And <laughs> they have destroyed your floor, <laughs> tear that bad boy up. So now, um, with the new floor, uh, did you have any part of the design, or is there is, is there any secrets you can give, or if you can't, I understand. But now, did you have you know, any the, part of the design? The the one thing uh, we're gonna keep it clean. We're gonna keep it. We're gonna keep it like it like it's looked because we get great 
you know, a clean floor, I think, looks classy. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, all the energy and the enthusiasm and, and all that, I want that to be on our play and on the players. Uh, but Ed and I agree, we like a clean, and, and Tim Lampy does an awesome job uh, of taking care of the Seagull Center. Uh, we all like the clean look and the clean floor. And, you know, the one, uh, so we're going to keep it that way w- without a doubt. It will have a nice gleam to it. So I'm good. You know, the one thing is, is I, I, the idea I had and everybody looked at me funny is put about like 20,000 little rams all over the court and <laughs> little ram designs. So, <laughs> and with the lights moving and guys moving, it looks like all these rams are moving on the court, but nobody, Nobody went for that. Nobody went for that. So, so. No, nobody, nobody suggested the uh, all black court with like a with the gold trim or something that on the, on the a outside. Little bl- that, that, now I would have loved that because that's that's black top. That's going old school. That's old school. You go all black. Well, if we would have done, if we would have done that, then we needed to get double rims and some chain nets. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, coach. That's great. Oh man, coach Rose. No, it, it, it will look classy. It will look classy. You know, Ed leads our way, and I, I think one thing about our athletic department is we're always going to make good decisions and, and do it first-class, classy style. So I think everyone will be impressed. Well, Coach Roach, man, we truly appreciate you coming on, man. We, oh, you I, bet. I, we hope that this is the first of a couple maybe down the road, but we truly appreciate you coming yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank but, you. Yeah, truly appreciate you coming on. Inclu- Stay safe. Include me, any, include me anytime, guys. I just want to let everybody know out there, be safe. Follow the rules. And let's all stay home and and uh, help help each other as best we can and and uh, just uh, we'll get through this together. All righty then, Coach. You you take care of yourself, man, and and, and be safe. And, and thank you for coming on. Same to you. Talk to you soon. All right, Coach. Bye. All right, y'all. That was Coach Rhodes of the VCU Rams on with us. I appreciate it. Uh, Coach said he got on a little late. He was running around, uh, working out with his kids, and uh, getting things going. That, that yeah, was that was it, that was a fun uh, interview but, right there. But see, <laughs> oh, absolutely. But it lets you know that you know, for people like Coach Rhodes, it, you know, the quarantine, like people like me with, that's got ADHD, and you know, five minutes sitting still, I'm going nuts. But he gets time with his family. That, there's nothing more valuable in this world than time with your family. Yeah, I think people un- sometimes underestimate that 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 part of life. And I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, I got three kids, and yeah, it gets tough sitting here and every five to ten minutes. But uh, I will. I promise you, this is probably some of the most valuable time I've ever had with my family. Uh, you know, all the running that we do, you know, with the mm-hmm. network and and running around trying to build this thing up, and you know, just tr- just being able to just take a, a sit back and just you know. It really uh, get makes that. me wish my daughters were little again, where they actually liked me instead of just wanting me to get Chick Fil A <laughs> for them. <laughs> Not just any type of Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A with like the the Polynesian sauce and all that fancy stuff. But I mean, it, it's 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 one of those things that I. I wish uh, that I am glad that it's happening because in a way, because it's okay to just, it's been nice to spend that time with your family. And uh, you know, some people don't get that. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm honored and blessed to be able to have that time. Becca says that that says so much about VCU basketball family. It does. You're right. It it absolutely does. It does. It was at coach Rhodes is one of the nicest. And I'm not just saying this because we had him on, but me and Jay, Talked to Coach Rhodes at the beginning of the season, right before the season starts. Sat well, down with us. We even talked to him at media day. I yeah. mean, he, he's he's a wonderful, wonderful human being. Yeah. I mean, even when we went through our choosems, you know how I am about a person. I treat people the way they treat me. Yeah. 
Rob, you should write this down. (laughs) 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 But, you know, he's Coach Rhodes is a true professional, always been very genuine. And he's done so much for us, yes, uh, and our legacy. You know, yeah. I mean, he's he's always been a great guy. And I'm not just tooting his own his horn, but you you sit in the room with Coach Rhodes for a few minutes, and and you see what type of person he is, and it's hard not to root for Coach Rhodes. That's it, just what it, it comes does. down to. It makes me like you know, I would have loved to have a coach like that mm-hmm. for any one of my sports. Exactly, exactly. All right, y'all. It's time for our last segment on here, uh, and just to say, I would choose Walter Payton. <laughs> yeah, okay. Cause I just want to finish it up. We, I choose Walter Payton. <laughs> All right, y'all. You know it's time for play. Play the music. Oh, this is ridiculous. Hit the button. And Ready? now it's or time for ass. Cash or Trash. All right. <laughs> it was going to happen one way or the other. All right, everybody. It's time for Cash or Trash. Uh <laughs> Hold on, I gotta get this one out. All right, so we're gonna start this one off uh, talking a little bit of NFL draft. Oh, I'm not gonna lie to you, I think I scared myself. <laughs> we're gonna talk, to, uh, start this one off with a little bit of NFL uh, draft type of thing. But all right, so Josh Rosen going into his third year in the league, he was a tenth pick. He made that famous statement: "Everybody's gonna, everybody's gonna, you know, they're gonna pay for not picking me, and you know they picked them tenth." And now Josh Rosen. Is potentially could be the four-string quarterback in Miami. No, Josh Rosen is going to be paying to come in and watch the games. It's it's, it's getting a little rough right now. So let, let me ask you this: Cash or trash? Is Josh Rosen <laughs> is Josh Rosen officially a bust in your eyes? Cash or trash on that? I'm gonna actually trash it because I'm I'm gonna go with the Alex Smith scenario here because a he never had a chance to learn a system. Right. B, nobody's put stock into the talent that he had. And they've never given him a chance. It feels that way, doesn't it? It I feel, really I, does, I, it, yes. It feels like he's just been kind of tossed around and is like, all right, we're going to put you in. And he makes two mistakes and they bring in Fitzpatrick. Right, like they brought him right back in like this year. And I feel like, you know, he hasn't had a chance to like truly sit down, maybe get a couple of years in the system, learn from a, a really uh, you know a good coach. You know, if you guys don't draft somebody, take him. I take him. Get send a fifth round pick and get I mean, him. I'll send. I'll, I'm I'm cool with it. So we got three sixth round picks. Heck, I'm not gonna send I'll them give both. You all three of them. I, I won't send them uh, two. I mean, I might send them two for uh, Josh Rosen. I mean, I feel like he just needs the right place to be. But, and give him time to nourish. I mean, I mean he, he you hasn't can argue that. that with any quarterback. Though, That's true too. too. I mean, I always felt that way about Joey Harrington. I felt I felt that Joey Harrington getting drafted by Detroit was the worst thing that could have I happened mean, to him. Can we be honest? Anybody that gets drafted by Detroit, Fact City, Barry Sanders. Maybe it's a Fact City. I agree with you 100. percent I just felt Lamont like Lamont says bust. I really hope that John Elway trades for him. <laughs> John Elway going to trade for him. Lamont's going to be hot. He's going mean, to give a future first-round pick for him. He's not going to be a regular man. He's going to be big boy man. I mean, it's, he's going to be hot if that's the case, and that goes down. I would love it. All right. All right, so I'm going to – I hate to cash it. I feel like he's not going to get a fair shake. I'm cashing only because I feel like he's not going to get a fair shake or he's not going to get a true opportunity anymore. And the guy's only been in the league but remember, his third year. We were talking this kind of same way about Ryan Tannehill. 
True. When he was getting kicked out of Miami. Right. And but he just signed another contract. Mega contract, man. With and the Titans. Great year for Tannehill. So, I mean, you know, I, mean, I guess we'll see. All right, next one, cash or trash. NFL season starting on time, Jay. Are you cashing or trashing I'm the cashing NFL season? It. <laughs> he said, please. I am cashing <laughs> it. I don't care what happens. If they got to bring the players from the locker room to do change from offense to defense, I need some football. He said, I don't care how this one goes down. I don't. I don't care how it goes down. It needs to happen. <laughs> uh, I'm going to – I'm going to – I think – my heart tells me I'm going to cash and say that it, it, it will start on time. Trump says it'll happen. Hey, <laughs> if the president of the United States says it's going to happen. He says we'll be ready by the Easter, which is coming up Sunday. Facts. But, you know, well, it's one out of two. <laughs> I'm, oh, <laughs> Lamont. I'm, <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to cash that it will start on time. That's just me being hopeful, hoping for the best uh, on in that situation. But I guess we shall see. Next one, cash or trash. Will the NBA season get canceled? Cash. And that means that um, the, now then I'm going to trash it because I don't want the Lakers to be. Remember your April Fool's Yeah, yeah, April Fool's show is I don't want the Lakers to be champs. <laughs> but, no, I mean, right now it's going to be – it's just going to be a cluster to try to get things figured out. That yeah, I thing. just think that – you know, I like that they're doing certain things, like they're doing the horse competition. I thought that was a pretty cool deal, had a horse competition. They're trying to find ways to keep their fans entertained, but I do think it truly sucks because they're not getting the opportunity to truly shine, you know. Um, and – it's playoff time, man, uh, and I just feel bad that we're not going to get a chance to see it. Uh, maybe the network does a broadcast, and we figure out who wins the NBA championship that way. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I volunteer Ty to call that right now just because you'll be like, oh. That looks man. like Jimmy Johnson over there. <laughs> you, you say Jim Johnson. I think about the dude that played from for the Mavs that got come Ooh, from Ohio State. Ooh, I remember that. Oh, man, that's a tossback right there. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Dude, I watched a redraft of one of the uh, Michael Red actually went first in one of the. I saw that. Was that the two thousand draft? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Michael Red was a stud for a while, so I wouldn't. I mean, it's not terrible. Right. It's next. not terrible. I don't know. Anyway, next one: cash or trash? Is Michael Vick trash? Oh wait a minute. What? The Texans are in the process of trading for Rams receiver Brandon Cooks. We always get one person. That's so dumb. I mean, so you're going to trade DeAndre Hopkins to Arizona and then bring in Brandon Cooks. Fans still going to be pissed. You, these are your receivers right now. Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks. Which one is going to get and the gold-plated wheelchair? And Randall Cobb. Those are your receivers. They're all, like, I'm 5'10 and a they're barely this much taller than I am. <laughs> and you traded away DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, I, I, just, I just don't even know, For man. what a – Pack of crystal meth. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, cash and trash on Michael Vick. Do you feel that uh, Michael Vick is a Hall of Famer? No. Cash and trash. He, 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 it's trash. Or he, first ballot. I, I definitely. Well, the, 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 the question not is a Hall of Famer at all. The, the, I, I'm gonna definitely trash, definitely trash him being first ballot. That's ridiculous talk. But statistically, his his number doesn't match up to him being. A Hall of Famer. I, I think if there was a Hall of Famer for people changing the game, 
he would definitely get in in a heartbeat. It, it, it's it's hard to put him in. It don't count. Uh, I mean, okay, fine. Here. If he's getting what? in, Sterling Sharp getting in. I don't okay. care anybody say. But if okay, if he gets in, then what? McNair's getting in. Facts. If McNair should be in anyway. McNabb should be in. McNair should definitely be in if that's the case. So I, I mean, I, I mean, I still will make the case for Steve McNair regardless. Well, I but, agree with you, but I'm saying Michael Vick is not a Hall of Famer at all. I, I, I and I, and I'm not, I'm not upset with that because I uh, feel like. Um, Becca, if you're watching now, sorry. <laughs> All right, the next one. Yeah, <laughs> Becca, if you're watching, go ahead and turn. Because the next cash of trash is – oh, shoot, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now the next cash of trash is, is Dale Jr. a Hall of Famer? Now we just found out that Dale Jr. is a nominee uh, for the Hall of Fame, uh, uh, for the NASCAR Hall of Fame. So I want you to cash the trash Dale Jr. being a Hall of Famer. This drink tastes good. <laughs> Yo, bro, I look, I I don't want Becca to fight me. Uh she don't she won't fight. She'll slash you. Yeah, she probably will cut me. <laughs> I'm a huge uh, I was a huge Dale Jr. fan. I hated him. I I, I, mean, I still do. <laughs> I, I'm I'm still a little I think I'm more mad at Dale Jr. because I expected so much from him. You know, I mean even even after his dad passed away, he he started off pretty good, and I'm like, yo, man, he's gonna have a solid career. And then it just it just didn't seem to materialize. And people said, man, Dale Jr. Dale Jr. is cute. Okay, let's just get that and out. There. I was just gonna say he made and, more panties wet. Than yeah, and he he, he is a he is a cute guy. Uh, that people, wait, call, shh. Do you I'm, need I'm, a moment? Uh, just give me some time. <laughs> give me some time. He is a cute guy. That I think that uh, the women fell in love with, and the man was like, "That's Dale's son, so he's in." Dale Jr. I'm trashing this. Dale Jr. is not a Hall of Famer in my heart. If he had won one championship, I would put him in then. With what he has now, I if I, he would, I I'll agree 100. percent If he won championship, yes. I just feel like if he had won a championship, because there has been so many times where I said to myself, like, "Man, Dale Jr. could he could be he could be really special." But it just it just never materi- I mean, it just let's, materialized. Let's go back. I mean, Danica Patrick, if she'd have won one championship, would she have been Hall of Famer? First I think so, woman most ever? definitely. She'd have got in regardless, just, just because of that. I think she'd have got in just because of that. I, I just I see it overall for me, and I, and I sit there and say, I'm going to go and look at his stats real quick. He has 26 wins all time, which is not bad. Let me let me get here. That, that really good season in 2004, and this is, this is my point on this. You look at his first – I don't know, seven seasons. Zero wins first year, but, you know, I can understand that being the first year. He had two years and two, two wins in 2000, three wins in 2001, two wins in 2002, two wins in 2003, six in 2004. Uh, and then he had one, one. And then after that, it kind of just fell off for maybe like, I don't know, eight to nine years. Let's see, from 2005 up until 2014, Dale Jr. wasn't winning races. He, I mean, you. he just wasn't winning races. He's like, I'm going to take a break, guys. I mean, Thanks. he was making money because, I mean, I'm a huge Dale Senior fan. No. That's just why I'm going. Yeah. But he was making well, money. You but look at earnings, $7 million, $7 million, yeah, I mean, he was making money. $6 million. But why? He was doing nothing? Right. And then 14 and 15, he got a little bit of a bounce back. He got seven wins in between that time. And then his last two years, one year he didn't. Bro, I one year he didn't make a whole have. bunch of money for nothing. I'm sorry. I just I can't put him in. No. And I'm trashing Dale Jr. being a Hall of Famer. I just, if I had one championship, 
I may let him. I'm, if he don't want it that year that he won the six races, I, I probably would let him in. Sleep on your front porch, Max City. <laughs> um, that may be something, and I will take full blame for that. <laughs> I will take full blame for that. All right, our last one, cash or trash, the Atlanta Falcons, New Jersey's Jay, <laughs> <laughs> bruh. <laughs> They, how bad are they? Because I'm gonna be honest with you. I was, I, I will, I was petrified when they dropped ours. I was like, oh god, these you don't are know guys. what this is gonna be because you heard, and you heard horror stories. I, heard, it was I, be bad. I mean, because I'm in all the fan groups and everybody's like, oh, they're gonna be this, they're gonna be that, <laughs> da, 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 da. and th- I liked them. I loved the pewter one. Tom Brady's jer- jersey sales were up three thousand percent the next day. That's crazy, <laughs> three thousand percent. And so for me. When Atlanta dropped theirs, I was just like, what, what the fuck? Man. Is this, a, this is a wrong picture, bro. My man, Marquette Sutton, does a Don't Shoot the Messenger podcast, posted a picture of the Falcons jersey and a FUBU jersey right beside it. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was dying laughing, man. FUBU. I, a FUBU jersey. No, I remember that when I was a kid because there were so many. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, oh, God, that's great. <laughs> Freaking Fubu jersey! A whole bunch of white folks that I knew that oh, love, oh Fubu's the best clothes. I was like, they're Bruh, not for you. They, they, <laughs> these these are not what you should be wearing right now. This is not what you should be wearing right now. You should have so, a pair of Jankos on or something. I man. am super <laughs> super trashing these jerseys. They, they're crap, bro. I, I, all right, the only one that I'll give love to is the white one, and that sounds racist. It, facts. <laughs> The white one is a nice one, but the it's the number. The if you know if the number wasn't if they'd have left the numbers the same, you know what I'm saying? Like if they'd have left like the same design on the numbers, yeah. I'd have been okay with that. I'd have been like, all right, those jerseys don't look too bad. They're a little bit plain, but the number it, no it, nothing against Ice Ice Cube, but it looks like they took uh <laughs> they're doing a big three jersey I'm on done. NFL. What? I'm done. <laughs> Get out of here. Does it not? It does. It does look a little bit like it. I'm not even gonna lie to you. It looks, it looks a little bit bad. Um, I mean, we were talking shit about the um, XFL jerseys. They look way better. All of them do than those. Facts. Nine <laughs> times better than all of. Man, look, Atlanta, you got to redo. That's that's the second mess up. The the Rams, they got, they got, a, <laughs> they get a penis. I was about to say, forgive my language, but they got a penis for their logo. How I don't. I'm gonna let this fly. Well, that's all right. <laughs> I'm gonna let this we fly. Gotta, we got. On ours, uh, the one, you know, remember I sent it to you where yeah. it's the state of Florida. It looks yeah. like there's junks hanging off the sun. There's a rough deal going on there. There's <laughs> a rough deal going on there. All right, everybody. Look, we've been on long. Me and Jay had to get set up for our uh, broadcast. The championship game of the uh, all-time team Madden tournament is about to happen. And it's the, bullshit. Then this, <laughs> Jay's still upset. Look, agree, mate. Green Bay didn't even score, bro. So I don't even want to talk about it. At we least ran Tampa- the ball 37 <laughs> times on 40 plays. Bro, we we lost to the Chargers. At, le- at least the Chargers made a run to the uh, Final Four. So I'll no deal with risk that. it. No biscuit. <laughs> there was no risk it. I was still upset. But we do have the championship game coming up. The Oakland Raiders it's led by Kenny shit. Stabler taking on Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. That one's coming up right after and we the get Legion off the air. And the Legion of Boom! Bobby Wagner is all I got to say about that. So me and Jay are going to break I, that down I, for you guys. Right? Bobby Wagner won't have but two tackles. Watch. Don't do Bobby like that. Bobby's been killing it, bro. Before we go, though, before.
before we get out of here, we want y'all to go and check us out on all our uh, social media platforms. Hit up on Facebook at Legacy Maker Sports Network, Instagram at Legacy Maker Sports, Twitter at Legacy Maker SPN, YouTube at Legacy Maker Sports Network. Our website's at LegacyMakerSports.com uh, and LegacyMakerBlogs.com. We truly, truly, truly appreciate you all uh, for coming uh, on and joining us today on the show. Wait, hold uh, on. Dan's got a question. What we got? What we got? What do you think about Des working out with Dak and Zeke? Will Des make a return to Dallas? I, I got a feeling it's gonna it's gonna happen eventually. They're gonna they're gonna they're, they're gonna pay him cheap money. If he doesn't go there, he'll be in Kansas City. Those those are those are the two spots that I got a feeling that he may that he may end up. It'll be there in Kansas City. Kansas City. He's been he's been him and him and Pat Mahomes are close. Him and Pat Mahomes are yeah. close. They worked out together. Uh, you know they got a good feel. Uh, you know you I watched them. You know work you, out. It, you it make just them looks sound good. like tunnel buddies. I didn't say I didn't say any of that. That was a Jay. That was a Jay Quimby exclusive. I had nothing to say with any of that. Uh, anyway, all right, everybody. Me and Jay got to go set up for this broadcast. Thank you all for uh, tuning in for the show, Coach Rhodes. Thank you, thank dearly, you, Coach, uh, for coming on on the Legacy Maker Sports podcast. Uh, now, me and Jay are going to be off the air for a couple of weeks. We're going to try to social distance a little bit. Nice. <laughs> but we are going to still do the draft show. Unfortunately, it's just going to be me and Jay. We won't have the whole team this time. Uh, we're going to still work around that and see how we're going to figure it out. Me and Jay are still working on that stuff. I'll have our Red Scan mock draft sometime next week, so y'all be prepped for that. Thank you all. And once this thing is over, we're going to come back full speed. Thank you all. We appreciate you, and we'll see you guys in just a little bit for the – Championship, no, it gets no better than this. Just sit and relax a bit. We're talking the passive blitz. We're talking the jump and switch. We're talking the pitch and miss. Clean space, kick space. You come to the right place. Beat bait. I don't need to see other shows. I'm straight. Cause they're not impressing me. I tune into Legacy. Legacy. Fourth and goal and on the road. Legacy. Down three, three seconds to go. Legacy. Two outs, bases loaded. Legacy. It's not a mystery. You're tuning to Legacy. Check the flag on the final lap. Legacy. Twelfth round, who gets in the mat? Legacy. You want a legacy? You build a legacy. Broadcasting live right now, so the whole world can see. Now, the Legacy Maker Sports Podcast. Welcome, everybody. We about to get this bad boy started.